all the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs and tees it never crossed my mind. But after some discussion with my closest, dearest friends, I decided. Welcome into another episode of the Turn Fancy Golf Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Petters with my partner crime joe nicely from rotoballer.com joe what's rotoballer.com got for us here closing out the year looking on uh to the fall swing season yeah we're looking to close out strong ap you can go check out our premium content use promo code nice uh get a discount on that we're gonna have some exciting new uh stuff coming up really quick for the fall season uh getting into the swing season um our, our season at Roto Baller will end with the tour championship and the new one will start in the swing season and run through the next tour championship. So uh, we want to encourage you to, to visit us throughout the fall, um, get a leg up on the swing season when kind of a lot of people are focused on football. Uh, we will still be bringing you PGA every week. So visit rotoballer.com, use promo code NICE and get a discount. There you go, rotoballer.com, best place in the world for your daily fantasy needs. Thank you everything you do for us, Roto Baller. Uh, guys watching out there, if you like what you hear here, please give us a subscribe, share with your friends, like wherever it is you're watching or listening to us, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor.fm, Spotify, YouTube, wherever wherever it is you're watching. Please don't be don't wait at all to comment, share, subscribe, like. Appreciate it, guys. Moving on, uh, very very uh, first congratulations, Tony Finau, two thousand twenty one. Northern Trust champion on a very unwatchable, unfortunate finish for him. Wins in a playoff hole over Cam Smith. But, Joe, let's talk a little bit about the PGA Tour's decision to move the final day to Monday and also keeping fans out of it, Joe. Uh, what's your thoughts on all that? Man, I also don't have a ton of input on that, AP. Um, didn't get to watch much of it. Um, as you know, we kind of had a busy weekend. We had our had our fantasy league draft Sunday. Um didn't really have many lineups in contention, so didn't really get to follow it that closely. But I'm always, I'm sure it was obviously a safety issue, um, and, and you know I'm sure they made the right call. But as you mentioned, huge congrats to Tony. Um, well, well deserved victory. We we kept waiting on this, waiting on this. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't on Tony, but uh, our boy Spencer was. Uh, congrats to Spencer Aguiar. Um, our betting expert over at Roto Baller, uh, back-to-back winners, I believe, for Spencer had Tony Fina out at sixty to one. So, congrats, Spencer. Um, he's one of the best in the business, guys. So, definitely get over there and read his articles. But uh, just huge win for Tony, man. Just, just one of the best guys on PGA Tour, bar none. Um, I've always pulled for the dude. I always love him. Uh, just, just kind of been off of him a little bit since the U.S. Open. Really let me down at Tory. Um, that was the last time that I remember kind of being all in on Tony. And, and honestly, didn't see this one coming. Uh, I know a lot of you guys, uh, you included, Andrew, had him in the uh, Roto Baller Expert Roundtable um, that you really liked him. And just kind of a blind spot for me this week with Tony. Didn't see that one coming, uh, but really happy to see him get a big win. Yeah, he was mainly uh, where I was keen on him is just that his price had dropped so much for his value that it was kind of a no-brainer play, and I don't really—I'm not really uh, talking negatively about the PGA's decision to move the the finish to Monday. But what I am talking about it about is that, unfortunately, for viewership's sake, the Monday finish no fans—it really just makes it virtually unwatchable for me. Um, and I don't know—I I flipped it on a little bit while I was eating lunch Monday, and it's, I just couldn't get into it at all. 
Um, you know, the double shotgun star in most time, or excuse me, double star off both sides where they cram everybody on the golf course at the same time. Most time that means there's going to be a lot of action. And I think there was, Joe. It's just, uh, it's just really hard to get into it. No fans, Monday finish. So uh, moving on to this week, though, BG, uh, BMW Championship, which is namesake is taken over from the Western Open. The tournament originated in 1899. I believe it might be one of the oldest, if not the oldest, uh, regular tour stop uh, on, on tour. Uh, don't quote, quote me on that. But this year, you know, as you know, in the, in the FedEx Playoffs Cup, they've rotated tournaments in and out and different types of uh, different golf courses, different locations. Uh, the BM Champion, BMW Championship this year falls on um, falls on Kays Valley Kays Valley Golf Club in uh, Owens Mills, Maryland. Um, par 72, 7,500 yards. Uh, Reedman Weep. Course designed in 1981 by Tom Fazio. Later, uh, looks like uh, renovated in 2020 by family member Logan Fazio. Uh, bent grass throughout uh, with some fescue rough. So, but it's only three inch rough, but still this time of year, three inch rough, as long as it's not been really, really humid up there in Maryland, should be pretty thick, Joe. I'm having all kinds of technical difficulties here with my lights, but whatever. Um, yeah, new, uh, there's new tees in the addition in 2020. A number of bunkers have been reduced by the square footage. Bunkers actually remain the same. So that means bunkers are larger. There's just less of them. Um, and, um, yeah, the golf course, nobody really knows anything about it. Caves Valley Golf Club, Owens Mills in Maryland. Joe, do you have any thoughts on it? Um, not a ton of specific thoughts, Andrew, other than, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a brand new course when we haven't seen the PGA tour play. Um, anytime that happens, uh, we see it in major some, don't see it super duper often uh, on kind of the regular schedule, but we see it for majors. Uh, seen it a couple times last year with some of the COVID stuff um, at, at the concession. Uh, we saw him play Shadow Creek, saw him play Sherwood. So, you know, it happens from time to time. Uh, my only thoughts are that these guys are probably going to light this place up. Uh, there are four par fives, which are all attackable. Um, so I'll be looking at par five scoring. Um, and anytime we got kind of an unknown, uh, kind of my trusty fallback is to look at strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained ball striking, strokes gained approach. Um, just looking for good solid ball strikers and guys that can score. I, I think uh, we're going to see a pretty low number this week. So, but birdies are better gained is going to be a big one for me as well. Yeah. So in the second stage of the FedEx uh, FedEx Cup points uh, playoffs, FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, where we've narrowed it down now from 125 down to 70. So that means it's going to be a 70-person event. No cut, Joe. Top 70 in FedEx points coming into this week. Uh, let's get right to the slate here. No cut event. These are a little bit um, – usually the field uh, salary-wise is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty soft, usually in no cut events where you'll be able to put a, a really good team together what it feels like a good team. But uh, this week it seems like they're kind of bunching people up here, Ty, 10K plus. So that might not be the factor. Let's get in the slate right now. Uh, big surprise last week for me, John Rom could not finish off uh, on the early fourth uh, round lead. I think maybe had the lead even as late as the 12th hole on, on Monday. 11-7, uh, the same as he was last week. Xander Shoffley, 11-1. Uh, 
Uh, let's keep on going down all the way to 10K. Jordan Speed 10-8, very disappointing final round. Maybe he was just kind of over it by the weekend. JT had a terrible uh, front nine on Monday, uh, kind of got things back going again there at the end, 10-6. DJ 10-4, Brooks Kepka 10-2, Morikawa 10,000. Joe, uh, who you like in this area? Um, tough to go against John Rahm, man, um, the, the highest price player, but certainly you could argue uh, playing the best golf, the most consistent golf, um, has a game that fits any style of course. That's something we want to take into account this week when we're we're uh, seeing a course for the first time. Um, so Rom just continues to impress. Um, as you mentioned, kind of the only teeny tiny knock you might want to lay on him is that he didn't close that one out last week, but uh, was right there the whole way, uh, firmly in contention, first time seeing him since the – the COVID uh, layoff there. So, uh, you know, expect big things from John Rahm, and I think he's going to be a force uh, throughout what's left of these playoffs. So, uh, top-notch option there. Um, Drop down to JT, showed a little bit of life last week. Um, I'm, I'm a little leery. I wasn't on last week, and I don't know that I'll try to hop on this week because uh, you look at the numbers, Andrew, it was kind of an outlier putting, putting week for JT. Uh, we've seen that putter be extremely cold, and he putted extremely well last week. So I'm not entirely confident that that can last, um, but but it also just might be a sign that he's kind of rounding into form. Um, Colin Morikawa with a surprising miscut last week. I look for him to bounce back this week. Um, as we know, he's uh, basically the best tee to green player there is on the PGA Tour, um, has been for the last couple of years. So uh you know, you, you can play any of these guys, AP. Uh, it's kind of like we always say. I mean, you're never going to go wrong with a Xander Shoffley, a Jordan Spieth, a DJ, guys of these caliber you can play. Uh, but Rom certainly sticks out uh, just for the recent form and the overall uh, excellence. Um, and then I look down to Colin Morikawa, nice little bounce back spot for him, it feels like. I agree too, Joe. The thing that I think we're going to have to look into this week, dive into, is what we think the storyline is going to be. So if we think it's going to be real low scoring, it's going to be hard to roster one of these guys at the very, very top, in my opinion. Um, and so therefore, I'm probably going to go stay away from Morikawa, Kepka, Xander, guys that don't typically. Uh, um, those guys to me are championship players. Uh, they play championship golf courses very well. Uh, when the scores are a little bit lower. So I would like to move on down in the pay scale, Joe. So let's go down here to the nines. Tony Finau, uh, Usazen, their prices are back up to where they uh, were, uh, 98 and 96 respectively. Maybe a little too high for me considering who's below them. Cam Smith, 95. Roy McIlroy, 94. DeChambeau. This, this golf course has got DeChambeau written all over it, Joe. Almost 7,600 yards, four par fives. Scott Bryson, DeChambeau, look over it. His odds are going to be pretty good since he's this far down the pay scale. I love that name in this golf tournament, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, then you got Cantlay Hovlinberger. Joe, preach a little bit on the on the 9K range. <clears throat> yeah, really strong range, AP. As you mentioned, uh, my eyes also go directly to Bryson DeChambeau. Um, been off him for quite a while personally. Um, been having a tough time pegging him, but th this is a spot where I kind of want to get back on. You mentioned the four par fives. He's obviously first in the field in strokes game par fives. Uh, sixth and birdies are better gained. The irons are always a concern. The irons and wedges, the overall approach game, and, and that's been trending in the right direction his last couple of starts. And, and with, you know, very little uh, solid concrete knowledge of this golf course, it just feels like a golf course that – he can go out and overpower, man. Um, we're, we're talking about four par fives. 
uh, some short par fours mixed in there, some some kind of uh, holes that he can shorten with his length off the tee. Um, so so for the first time in a while, me in on Bryson. Um, Louie kind of out of sight, out of mind. Um, the only player in the top 125 that didn't play last week. Um, so, so we might catch some people sleeping on Louie a little bit. Um, let's not forget just, just the type of season he's had, Andrew, just how good that he has been overall uh, throughout this summer. So, you know, Louie's an interesting play to me there at 96. Uh, Cam Smith, the price is a little bit scary, but it's tough to argue with how well the guy's playing. Uh, first in this field and birdies are better gained over the last 24 rounds. Um, so we can certainly try to ride the hot hand with Cam. And then a couple of guys maybe flying under the radar a little bit. Patrick Cantlay um, hasn't had any splashy finishes lately, but has been playing very solid. Um, he's a guy that I like to play on these kind of unknown tracks. Uh, We've we seen him win, uh, I believe it was the Zozo last year on kind of an unknown Sherwood layout. So, you know, he's the type of player with the type of game that, that it translates pretty much anywhere. So I think we can certainly look at Cantlay. And then Victor Hovland, um, his finish last week doesn't really reflect just how well he played. Had a final round 77, Andrew, with a, with a quadruple bro bogey. Broke his putter, had to putt with his wedge down the stretch on the back nine uh, on Monday. Um, and I think he ended up with like a T43 or something. Uh, but, but was playing excellent golf up until kind of coming apart on Monday. So, you know, maybe we can catch some people looking at that finish and overlooking Victor Hovland a little bit. And Daniel Berger's just always solid, kind of in that Patrick Cantlay mold. Just just a really solid range here in the 9Ks. Yeah, I love the 9K range, especially with the name I mentioned there. Moving on to the 8K range, uh, Joe, uh, I'll be looking at this range very hard. Number one guy that sticks out to my mind is a guy that plays long golf course as well. Hits the driver well, hits the irons well, putts well. Scotty Scheffler, he's going to be at the top of my list at 8,900. Uh, names just continue to grow there. Matsuyama, Answer, who's played great. Corey Connors, we all love. Webb Simpson, uh, English, Burns, Paul Casey, Neiman, Sunjay M, Joe. Especially with Neiman and M getting dropping down in this price, as I'm starting to look more at the, those guys. Uh, what's your thoughts on the AK range? Yeah, I think you can, Andrew. Um, some guys you mentioned also like Scotty Scheffler. Um, we, we know he's very good on, on par fives. He's third in this field in strokes gain on par fives. Also can rack up birdies. He's second in the field, and birdies are better gained over the last 24 rounds. Um, we know he's kind of a big game player, so I think you can give Scotty Scheffler a look, certainly. Uh, very long off the tee, and we feel like that's going to play well this week. Uh, Corey Connors, man, we, we talked about last week, we felt like the ball striking was headed in the right direction. Um, certainly look like it at Liberty National logged a T8 there. And I'm always willing to just when that when that ball striking gets going for Corey Connors, I, I'm in, man. So I, I'm staying in this week at 8,600. I really like him. Harris English, another player in that kind of very quietly, very good uh, mold. Uh, so I think we can stay with Harris English here. Surprisingly, man, leads this field. Um, right up there with Bryce DeChambeau and strokes game par fives um, over the last 24 rounds. So I think Harris English is kind of an under-the-radar play. And Sam Burns is a guy I like. Um, the, this is a guy that has a victory on the PGA Tour this this year, a couple of runner-up finishes. Um, as recently as Memphis, he was in a playoff. So, you know, Burns is a guy that kind of gets overlooked a little bit. So uh, another strong range. Obviously, this is a the top 70 FedEx Cup players from the year so this is a very strong field but um I, I feel like you can kind of camp out in this 8k range this week if you want to 
Yeah, I love a lot of players here. You know, moving down to the 7K range, Joe, I really don't know as much as I like the eight. I really don't know what to do in this range. A lot of a lot of names that you can either love or like. Um, um, the guys that I normally like, though, it seems they've been cooling off, like such as a co-crack. Um, um, and then there's some bets in here that have uh, standardized playing pretty well, standardly playing pretty well. But I don't know what to do with the 7K range, especially with it being a long golf course, a lot of par fives, and also a no-cut event. There's really not anybody that sticks out in my mind of somebody that I just would have to have in this 7K range. I know Alex Norton played great last week. Other than that, I know you're usually big on Shane Lowry or Russell Henley, but to me the story doesn't tell the, the tale of a Russell Henley-type player or a Kevin Na-type player or a Brian Harmon-type player, Strillman, Kisner. It doesn't tell that story, Joe. So what are you doing in the 7K range? Yeah, I, I completely agree, Andrew. Uh, just doesn't seem like a great fit for some of these guys that we normally like to roster. Uh, Shane Lowry, when we talk about recent form, he's a guy that uh, I, I was in on last week. We've got a little bit of a price bump this week. He's up to 7900 Um, I would like to go back there at this price with the recent form, but as you mentioned, I just don't know that this is a great fit. Um, he's certainly capable of playing well, but just, just kind of projecting how this course is going to play. I don't know that Lowry is a terrific fit, um, but at 7,900, I'm willing to give him a look. Um, next player my, my eyes kind of go to is Cameron Tringali there. Um, kind of been waiting for the, the wheels to come off the wagon with Tringali, it feels like. Uh, at least I have been personally. Um, but but it's just not happened, man. The guys just continued to play well. Um, he's very good at par fives, uh, plenty long enough off the tee, uh, coming in in rock solid form. Um, so there, so there's nothing to c- complain about there. Uh, it's went T14, T26, T16, T21 over his last four starts, uh, gained strokes total in every one of those starts. So uh, you know at 7500. Cameron Tringali gets a lot of uh, gets a lot of guff for not actually winning golf tournaments, but at seventy five hundred in this field, I'm willing to go there. Um, EVR is a guy we hate to rely on, but the ball striking is coming around. He's kind of a in that Corey Connors mold when when the ball striking is right, a lot of things fall into place for him. So I think you can give uh, EVR a look at seventy five hundred, and then I really like the uh, the bottom end of this seven K range, Andrew, better than. Uh, basically the rest of it. Um, Charlie Hoffman is a guy that we saw play extremely well earlier in the year, kind of went away for a little while, but the ball striking's coming back around. Um, and at 7K, he's right on that tour championship bubble. And that, that making that tour championship, Andrew, it, it would be a big deal for some of these guys. Charlie Hoffman being one of those. Uh, you're talking about exemptions. You're talking about guaranteed money, WGCs, things of that nature. So Charlie Hoffman's right on that bubble. You have to figure I'm going to be trying to do everything he can to get into that tour championship. And Mad McNeely, man, a guy that that we've really liked, a young player that's really coming along. He was a star in college, uh, finally putting things together at the professional level. So I think right there at 7K, you can look at Charlie Hoffman and Mad McNeely um, as two uh, high upside guys there. Yeah, I like the Hoffman. I like McNeely. Um, I feel like McNeely's let let us down a little bit here as of late, but we're going to be on him a lot in the future. So moving on the 6K range, which is usually where the where the bread where where you make your bread long term, Joe, uh, on these live on these flyer die type of guys, and um, 
guy that I, my, my eyes directly go to is two two people in this range, and that is uh, Cameron Davis at 6,900 and Kevin Mitchell at 6,500. Kevin Mitchell's a, we, we all know he's a ball striking machine. We all know he destroys par fives. Uh, if he can just get the putter in decent form, uh, should have a good week down here at this golf course. Um, but but really with this field being so um, – I, I know that the pricing is fairly soft, but, this, but with the majority of this talent being really above 75, 78, uh, it's it's kind of hard to, to, to find a, a name that you fall in love with on a long – uh, needing to go low, need to be big on par fives type of player down here. I'm having a hard time picking somebody out where I just am falling in love with the name below 6,900, Joe. There's a couple guys um, that jump out to me, AP. Uh, and, and keep in mind, this is a no-cut event, so I think you can go down here this week. Almost to a certain extent, you have to. Um, there's a couple guys that do stick out. Uh, first one, at 6,700, Sebastian Munoz. I know he's a guy that you like. I know he's a guy you played a lot last year. Um, coming in in really good form. Um, a little bit under the radar, maybe. Had a, had a top five at the John Deere. Gained 8.3 strokes on approach at the John Deere. Uh, missed the cut at the Open Championship. We'll kind of toss that one out the window. Uh, links golf in for everyone. Uh, but then a T29 at the Wyndham. And a T21 last week at the Northern Trust where he gained 4.8 strokes on approach. Uh, we, we've seen him win in the swing season. So we know if this is a birdie fest, he can handle those conditions. Um, has plenty of length to, to handle this golf course. So uh, Sebastian Munoz sticks out to me as a really good play there at 6,700. I'm, I'm willing to go down that road. And then this one might be getting a little bit uh, off the beaten path here, Andrew. Um, but, but, you know, in a no-cut event, um, where we're looking to kind of be a little bit contrarian. Uh, Hudson Swafford is sticking out to me at the stone minimum, 6K. Um, and, he, and he's coming in hot, man. A T37 at the Wyndham and a T11 at the Northern Trust. This is a guy that, that we know is extremely streaky. He's either very on or very off. Uh, but in his last two starts, those starts at the Wyndham and the Northern Trust, he's gained 6.1 and 5.4 strokes on approach. Um, so he's a guy coming in with hot irons. Um, and at the minimum price, I think, I think you gotta give Hudson Swafford a look. Have I left you speechless, Andrew? No, you left me on mute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, see, like I said before, six K range is going to be so hard to pinpoint for me personally. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have you a question here, Joe, before we get into the heart and the dark play of the week on our very, very probably our fastest episode we've ever done uh, or let's just say most efficient podcast we've ever done, Joe. Um, exactly. exactly. Uh, if you got efficient. Paul Casey, throw, throw the salaries out. You got Paul Casey and you're going to match him up against, um, uh, excuse me, against Shane Lowry. Who are you taking here? Are you taking the vet that's really been playing pretty good here over the last month? Or are you taking, which is another vet, Shane Lowry, who's a little bit cheaper. I know I said throw the salary out, but I mean, he's like, Shane Lowry is like top 25 every tournament this year. Uh, Paul Casey maybe has a little bit more upside. Um, but then yeah. I think also Paul Casey probably has a little bit more downside as well. Uh, both of them been playing pretty well. Paul Casey not so much, especially final round at the Northern Trust. Uh, not so well at the Northern Trust where Shane Lowry banked a uh, – tied for 11th there. Um, 
Yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on the on, on if you're matching those two up? Who, who you Who you mention and who you playing? I'm playing Paul Casey. Um, I was really big on Casey last week. He disappointed. Um, finished near the bottom of of those that made the cut at Liberty National last week. But when you dig into it, Andrew, he lost six point five strokes putting. Um, you know, and and obviously that's something that Paul Casey is capable of doing. He's capable of having those weeks. Um. You know, and, and it's not going to go well when those happen. Um, but from a ball striking perspective, what we're kind of targeting this week on this unknown type of golf course, um, he gained 5.7 strokes on a pro last week. And, and he's consistently been doing that throughout the year. Um, I believe he's gained strokes on approach in, in almost every start of 2021 this year. Um, I'm, I'm looking at his game log right now, and I don't see any uh, negatives in the strokes gained approach category all year long. Um, so you have to feel like the ball striking is going to be there with Paul Casey. He had a, had a top five just back in Memphis not too long ago. So, you know, he's coming off a week where he loses almost seven strokes putting. Um, you're not you're not going to have a great finish when that happens. Um, so, you know, I expect the ball striking to be there and, and kind of hope the putter comes around a little bit. So, uh, you know, Casey's a guy that I locked a lot last week, and I'll, I'll be playing again this week. There you go, Joe. That's that's what I need. I need the stat man to back me up, win, lose, or draw here. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into the, our favorite part of the show, Heart and Dart Play of the Week. Joe, uh, BMW Championship 2021, uh, what's your heart play and uh, what's your dart play? Man, hmm. my heart play, uh, I'd like to say John Rahm because uh, it just feels like he's kind of on a rampage right now, Andrew. Um, he, he might just run roughshod through these playoffs. Um, so, so my heart's telling me John Rahm, even though he's the most expensive guy, um, no cut event. Uh, I mentioned a couple guys I like down in the 6K range. I think you can get him in there comfortably. Um, so, so John Rahm, man, I expect big things once again from him. Uh, the dart, man, let's just go all the way down to the bottom. Let's, let's go heart all the way at the top with Rahm and let's go dart all the way at the bottom 6K with Hudson Swafford. Uh, no cut event. We're throwing, throwing some darts. We're, we're hoping to get hot, get lucky, maybe be a little bit contrarian. Um, so, so I'm going with the guy that's coming in with hot irons, uh, off a couple good finishes, uh, feels a little bit underpriced, even in this field at 6K, I'll take Hudson Swafford. There you go. Uh, Hudson Swafford, John Rom. Love John Rom play. Like I said, the only negative I can even see even close for him is that that little uh, that little back nine there, last six holes. You know, uh, everybody kind of got hot there that was at the top except for him. So um, I I agree with all that you just said. I'm gonna have to go back to back weeks. Bryson DeChambeau, like I said, just to me, too many signs are pointing to him. Long golf course, four par fives. Um, uh, virtually unknown so he's probably going to know the golf course about as well as anybody because he's going to study it more and hard and uh and uh more in depth than anybody his preparation is second to none on the pj tour uh also uh if you look at the vegas report he's went from opening around 33 to 1 down all the way down to as low as 20 to 1 i think he's bounced back up to about 22 23 to 1 at different spots so bryson dechambeau definitely my heart play of the week um dark I was very against him last week. I was so I was almost done with him for the year. Sam Burns, I, I really thought that he would have a hard time last week uh, for um, just from his uh, recent history. And now we're on this big golf course, right? So this is uh, more of a Sam Burns style. I'm not saying that he is going to play great here, but what I am saying is that I expect his ownership to be very low. And you're going to get uh, if you're looking for 
um, a player that most be a little bit more contrarian versus the field, especially with you got the likes of uh, Paul Casey around him, Webb Simpson around him. Those guys are going to eat up more of the ownership over him. Sam Burns is my dark player of the week. I know that's a little bit high, but uh, I think he's going to go pretty much untouched uh, by the by the public. Sam Burns, Bryson DeChambeau, and uh, you got Swafford and John Rom. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, rotoballer.com, for everything you do. If you're going to sign up for the PGA Premium or anything, folks, you got the NFL right around the corner, literally two weeks away. It's going to sneak up on us. Use the promo code NICE when signing up. Thanks again for all everybody watching. Uh, share with your friends. Uh, like, subscribe, wherever it is you're listening or watching. Thank you again, everybody, and you have heard the turn Fantasy Golf Podcast. I've already hit three in the lake. It's gone.